Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's Word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on The Porch, visit theporch.live. Thank you for joining. What's up, guys? This is David. We are back with another episode of Views from the Porch with the one and only Mrs. Laura Eldridge. Hey, y'all. And Mr. J.D. Rogers. Howdy do. <laughs> he did Howdy it. Howdy do. I'm embarrassed. You did it. You should wow. be insecure about that, Last J.D. Last time, multiple horses. Just, I figured it was only right. Gosh, for everyone who didn't listen to last week, they're so confused right now. Yeah. Howdy. Dude, like what like in tarnation? From <laughs> Andy Griffith's show. What um, in East Texas? What in East Texas are we talking about? Yeah, today we are going on with our series Charismatic or Crazy. It's kind of been like a we've done like three parts mm. with the podcast on that. Yeah. And today we're doing part four of the idea of being filled with the spirit. Mm. Boom. Filled with the spirit, like you are filling up a water bottle. Um, I actually have a funny story. Can I start off with a little story real quick? Sure. One time I was leading worship at Kennecook, a summer camp, Christian summer camp up in Branson, Missouri. Yeah. And there's this song by Jesus Culture called uh, Fill Me Up. And it's F-I-L-L, fill me up. Like, come on, the spirit. Yeah. <laughs> and I have an accent. What What, what else would it be? Like, so fill yeah, yeah. like the yeah. name? I'm getting there. So, okay. no, 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 not fill like the name. Um I have an accent that it's really hard for me to pronounce certain words. So, example, like fail, F-A-I-L, I pronounce it fell, F-E-L-L. So, for fill, I pronounced it feel. <laughs> so, it was fill me up, God. Oh, my gosh. F-E-E-L. And that is not what we're saying right now to be filled. No. You're, you're saying, East Texas education, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to be filled with the spirit, some people might be like, what are you even talking about? What does that even mean? And so David, take it away to be filled with the spirit. What do people mean by that? To be filled or filled? Filled. I don't even think filled is a word, but yeah. <laughs> just to remove any charismatic confusion. Yeah. So uh, this is a really important question on the charismatic or crazy thing. You should yeah. go listen to those other two episodes. Um just to get a, we're launching into a conversation we kind of started like a year ago, but because there is some distinguishing characteristics, the Bible teaches, we believe, uh, as it relates to the spirit that we would say are being, um, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't say abused. Maybe I would, whatever is a less harsh word for abused that, that, uh, we would disagree with the Taken out of context and, and can be damaging. Misapplied, Misapplied taken out of context, yeah. can be damaging, particularly as it relates to uh, the spirit of God. We absolutely, uh, to be filled with the spirit is to be someone whose life uh, through whenever you trust in Jesus, we are given the spirit of God that now uh, indwells his people. That we are dwelt, that God said, hey, Jesus said, hey, don't worry, I'm going to leave, but I'm going to send a helper, which is, he refers to the Holy Spirit, who's going to come and he will lead and direct your life. So it's a byproduct of receiving the gift of the Spirit in our life, that whenever you trust in Christ, the Spirit of God seals you for all of eternity, which just means like, hey, he's got your seat saved in heaven, and he comes into your life and begins to guide and direct, or it should be the means by which we continue to live this life, no longer underneath the spirit of ourselves, but the spirit of of God. You said earlier, so here's where it it we um uh would words really matter. You said uh being filled with the spirit is like being filled like a water gun being filled with water. 
Yeah. Is that and true? For, is the spirit like a ghost? Like, what do you mean by spirit? According to the King James Version, he is. Okay. <laughs> uh, the spirit of God is a part of the Trinity. He is uh, the third person in the Trinity. Uh, we're told that God is spirit. So even in a, in a way that, uh, you know, it would take beyond the length of this podcast in a way that we can't even probably all, we can't articulate. Well, is the Father spirit? Because in John chapter four, Jesus said, God is spirit and those who worship him, the spirit and must worship in spirit and in truth. Uh, is the Father spirit? Was Jesus spirit before he came down to the earth? And um, all of those, I would think in some ways, yes, but he's the third person of the Trinity. There's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And now as believers, we have been given the spirit of God that we are to yield to and walk in dependence. Paul says in Galatians 5, all throughout Romans 8, it says walk by the spirit or walk dependent on the spirit of God. Mm-hmm. And the reason I said words matter mm-hmm. is we think of it like, hey, I just need more of the spirit. I need mm-hmm. to fill, I, this water gun is getting low. I need him to come in and fill me up and I need more of that. And the truth is, I don't need more of the spirit of God in my life. I need him to take more ground in my heart. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? That's a really big distinction. Because people, one is like, God, you're holding back. You're not giving me everything that I need. I need you to fill me up more. And the yeah. other is, no, God, I need you to take more control of my life. I need, I don't need more of you. I need you to have more of me. Yeah. I need to be more surrendered to you. And, um, and to walk by the spirit is to walk dependent on the spirit of God and walk surrendered to the spirit of God leading us. We think of it as like, oh, he comes in and um, it's like in a movie. You've all seen the movie where like somebody comes and takes over the body of somebody and like fills mm-hmm. them up and you're like, oh man, that's, that's not biblically what it, it means to be filled with the spirit. It means to be surrendered to. And by surrendering, it's like I'm walking in control, not of how I feel right now, not of what I want to do, but with the spirit of God through his word and through his spirit are leading me to do. Does that make sense? Well, so, it seems like though when I read the book of Acts, mm-hmm. that it is actually what you just talked about. That yep. it seems like a spirit fell, filled them up, yep. and they were like given superpowers yes. and like able to like speak in different languages. They were able to heal people. And even didn't Jesus even say that he had to go so that the spirit could come and we would yeah. do even greater works than he did? And he did some pretty crazy like super power stuff. Yeah. And so how, if that's the same spirit and if the Bible also says the same spirit then is the same spirit in us. Totally. Why, how is it not the same today for us? Yeah. So if I said I am filled with rage, what would you think? Do you think that I like drank? red? You're like <laughs> overtaken. Like the steam comes out of your ears. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Do you think that, hey, something came in and it filled me up? I didn't want it to, but all of a sudden the spirit of rage just came out of nowhere and filled me up with rage. No, you would think uh, you're underneath the control of anger and rage. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, let's say like someone, uh, this is so sad, but let's say someone like took crew. Mm-hmm. I don't think in that moment, rage comes into your body and like fills you up. I think, na- I, I think, does that make sense? Yeah. It like, takes control over, yeah, yeah, I, I, I give it control. to, yeah. Yeah. Or, um, if I said, Hey, I am, I'm, I, I fell in love. I'm in love. Does that mean that I am, I fell into a puddle of love somewhere? <laughs> no, no. it means that, hey, I, I am underneath a appreciation or, or I feel love towards someone. It's guiding and directing my affections in life. Some people are like, where'd that puddle at? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah gotta jump real. in. <laughs> so as it relates to the spirit, all these terms, 
Like we know in life, there are times where um, something can, we talk about it in a way that uh, we understand, oh, they don't actually, they didn't actually fall into a puddle of love. And he wasn't actually filled with rage in a moment. He was, he gave himself over. He felt the emotion of rage and he was directed in rage. He was filled with rage and it led him to act. That's the same way that the spirit we understand inside of the New Testament is it comes in to our life or we surrender it where our mind is changed and we're awakened to the fact that, oh, God has things that he wants us to live by, to walk out, to live out. And now I am to surrender, give control of my life, not to rage, but to be filled or surrendered to the Holy Spirit. And this is a really important distinction because most people think of it um, like the water gun that I need more of the spirit in here. So I need some good worship jams. I need to have a really good quiet time. And I need an experience. Yeah, because I'm lacking and that fills me up. No, you do need a good quiet time and worship can be really encouraging and and a great thing in our life. But because it reminds us, uh, it does something to our heart and to our mind. And it's, it's as though God takes more of us through surrendering more to him by reading his word. And I'm reminded of what is true. I'm reminded of what he wants us to do because I don't need more of the spirit of God. I need the spirit of God to take more of me and more of my life, take more control, take more over. Does that make sense? It's a really, really important distinction. And a lot of places out there communicate, no, you need more or you need to have, you're lacking in the spirit. And if you uh, really want to experience what God has for you, you need to be filled up more rather than you need to surrender more to him. Does that make so sense? So why is that distinction so important? Because one, if you if you think that you're lacking, you're going to always look for some supernatural high or mm-hmm. some experiential moment or some worship set to be just enough to where uh, if, if I just had enough, you know, I encountered God enough through that song or that environment or that conference or that moment, then I would never cheat on my girlfriend again, or I'd never look at porn again, or I'd never be tempted to have sex inside of marriage, or I'd never, you know, uh, smoke that again. That's not true. You need to be surrendered more fully to God. God needs to take more of you, and I need to be more surrendered. God, take more of my heart, take more of my life, take more of me. I'm not lacking. God wants you to have a life directed by its spirit more than you will ever will want for yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's not that you need, you know, you have a water cup and it's halfway empty. And so God, just give me more of that spirit inside of here. It is no, take more of my life, take more control, take more direction and guidance inside yeah. of my life. So th- how do you then, I know that a lot of people that they, they preach the gospel, yeah. like a lot of churches, like from the pulpit, they're preaching the gospel, but they're also talking about this experience with the Holy Spirit. And I've heard them say that they've seen with their own eyes that they have um, prayed for the filling of the Holy Spirit, but then, and they lay hands on people and they're watching like lame people be able to walk in Africa yeah. and blind people be able to see, and they, they can speak in different languages. And it seems like, they have embodied this like supernatural power. Why, if we, if that's possible, mm-hmm. like if they're saying, "Hey, I experience like, like pastors that people that we know, like our people are listening to, sure, are claiming they've had these moments. They have seen it with their eyes. Yeah. Why would we not all want that? Can we all have access to that? Yeah. Are we supposed to want that? Yeah, it's good. Sure. Let me answer it because there's so much, there's so much. Uh, uh, misapplied teachings, I think, around this topic. You got to be really careful. Um, people that heal, like, does God still heal people? Absolutely. Should we pray for healing? Absolutely. Should we pray when somebody's sick that cancer would go away? Absolutely. Can God take the cancer away through through laying on of hands? Absolutely. 
Like God can do anything and all of that. But we think of that, like here's where I, I at least know in my own life, I, there's something in me that thinks that's more supernatural than a husband being a great father and a godly parent and a godly husband and loving his wife and caring for people and being faithful and being someone who produces what the spirit we're told produces, which is not healing every time, but love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, self-control. Those are the fruit of the spirit in Galatians chapter five, we're told. And my mind, because it's messed up and broken and probably worldly thinks, oh, you know, faithfulness is cool, but what's really cool is when the healing takes place mm-hmm. and physical healing, not just spiritual healing, where a guy goes from, I was a jerk and a total a-hole, so now I'm a kind, loving, caring person. I don't see that as, as supernatural. I'm like, yeah, 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 we've all seen that before. But this guy, have you heard about the guy that he had no ears and somebody prayed for him and touched him and he grew the ears? Wow, that must be cool. And, and I think that uh, in, in the church, we think that way. Mm-hmm. And that is not biblical. It may be understandable, but it's just as supernatural to see somebody who um, surrenders their life to Jesus and they really begin to walk with him and he begins to transform the type of person that they are. It's just as supernatural for the girl who's living with her boyfriend to trust in Jesus and he changes everything about how she dates, changes the way she dresses. That's just as miraculous, biblical, Mm -hmm. as somebody not having ears and them growing back. Yeah. And you're not saying, hey, don't pray for big things, because I think there's an opposite end where the a Christian culture can be like, oh, God can do the, these kind of things, but he can't do that. And Absolutely pray for big things. Yeah. I'm saying our definition of big things is wrong. Right. Oh, that's yeah. good. And I think people out of a genuine desire to to want to know God more um, and then uncareful language sometimes from preachers, you know, mm. myself included, probably, uh, we give the perception that you're lacking what you need or lacking some of the spirit when really the spirit's just lacking you and you being surrendered to him. That's really, here's what really breaks my heart when I uh, see people and friends that I have who think that God has left them or think that God has abandoned them or think that, or they should just be out on the faith because they haven't gotten some emotional connection or haven't gotten some experience or they once used to, and now they don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think where I get, what really helped me with this is living with that kind of life, that mindset makes so much of like the weight on you mm-hmm. in terms of like my spirituality is depending on my ability to fill myself up. Mm-hmm. Like that worship experience, the quiet time that I have to get myself there. And if I don't see evidence through getting prophecies or speaking in tongues or healing people, then God's not I'm not doing something right. Or JD, they might think, hey, God's mad at me or God. Yeah. yeah. Or blaming God didn't give me enough. I would would stop looking at porn if he would give me more of his spirit. Right. He'd fill me up. And it's like me, me, me. And it's so like focused on you doing something, Mm -hmm. which is just contrary to like the whole point of who we're called to be as Christians is really like saying like surrendering and saying, I need you. I need you. I need you. Yeah. And so... My next question, what would you say to the person, we talk about charismatic and, and that idea. And I think a lot of times people decide what church they're going to based off of this. Well, that church, like they're kind of stiff yeah. or that church, like they're not asking God for big things from the stage yeah. and they're, they're, they're dictating, they like project 
this onto the church? Like, mm-hmm. are they, do they believe in healing? Are they, are they looking to heal people from cancer? Yeah. That is a church that believes in the Bible and believes in the spirit. Yeah. Is that right thinking? No. I mean, in some ways, yes. Or everybody should like, Hey, if my wife, if I have cancer right now, I expect, and I hope everyone would pray, God, take it away. Mm-hmm. When my, my daughter was flagged for a chromosomal disorder that would have cost her life. We prayed, we prayed, we fasted, we do all of that. God can do all of that. Uh, I'm thinking, or what I'm saying is, I think we, we emphasize that so much that we, we think that that is more significant and more supernatural than um, the fruit of the spirit being produced in somebody who is not a believer, who is living for themselves, living for the world. They meet and encounter Jesus in the spirit of God. They surrender their life and begin to walk with them and it transforms who they are, that's just as supernatural and that should be just as celebrated and that's just as amazing. Typically when people are like, because you should not go to a church that's not spirit-filled. Right. And by spirit-filled, I mean spirit-led, spirit-directed. The leadership is surrendered to the spirit of God. So you absolutely should look for a spirit-filled church. Your definition of that should not be, I really like the worship set and people are really loud and they jump up and down and they raise their hands. That's not spirit-filled necessarily. It could be, but the the fruit of the spirit in the Bible is not... um, they speak in ecstatic tongues and they jump up and down and they have spontaneous, uh, you know, overwhelming moments and they have holy laughter. None of those things are mentioned in the Bible. The Bible talks about spirit filled, filled being, uh, you're surrendered and you're walking in step with the spirit, mm-hmm. which means and the word there is to walk dependent on. It's like walking in crutches. The Christian life is like, I'm walking, when I walk in crutches, I'm leaning on, I'm dependent on my crutches as I walk. And that is step by step. And that's exactly how the Bible and Paul says, walk and keep in step with the spirit, walk dependent on the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, but, but you will produce. But you said, okay, you see those things aren't mentioned in the Bible. Uh, it, those things are mentioned in the Bible, like tongues and prophecies and the church exploding and the spirit falling on yep. Pentecost, like fire and yep. all those different things. And I've heard people say that those things are evidence of the spirit. So like, let's say they're going, yeah, you should just surrender yourself to the spirit and let go and let the spirit take over. Yeah. But if you do that, the evidence is what we see in the Bible. So what if I feel like I've surrendered myself to the spirit and I'm experiencing love and joy and freedom and grace, and I'm walking in step with them. But what if I'm not experiencing the same things in the Bible, like tongues and uh, I'm not being called to jump up and down and worship, but yeah. aren't those things evidence that I'm the spirits in me? Yeah. You should go listen to our, our podcast on tongues. So you have a clarification, even what we mean by that. And Paul says there, hey, not God gives different gifts to different people. And I wish that all of you, uh, he says, I wish that all of you would, um, you know, Prophet. desire the gifts yeah. and that all of you would prophecy. And I speak in tongues more than all of you. Again, go listen to our, our podcast on tongues. But he closes it and says, hey, if you do all of that and you don't love, you're not led by the spirit. You're not going to accomplish anything amazing. Mm-hmm. You're not going to bring about what God wants to in our world. So even he prioritizes Hey, there's spiritual gifts that can the spirit will bring about inside of our life. And as we're surrendered and walking in step with him, he brings about. But if they don't produce love and they're not producing, he at least prioritizes, this is my point. There are certain things that should be more of a priority. And we flip it where we're like, oh, love is, I mean, love is cool, but have you seen me talking French? Yeah. Or have you seen <laughs> me heal this guy? Look at this. And even the gift of healing in the New Testament it doesn't happen every time. Like we think it's like some dude who has Spider-Man senses where he can shoot webs. We think it's the same way. He's got the supernatural uh, superpower of being able to, anybody I touch is healed. 
dude, that does not exist. If they did, that person, I mean, would do away with the health. We wouldn't need a healthcare industry in America. You just line up and go see Bob, who's yeah. got the ability to heal people. And that didn't happen in the Bible. Even mm-hmm. Paul writes to Timothy, hey, drink a little wine because your stomach has been sick. There's people that got sick mm-hmm. in the Bible. And Paul wouldn't like, oh, you need to go see, you know, Thaddeus because he's got the gift of healing. He said, no, pray, take medicine and do those things. So I, what I'm saying is more just our prioritization is, is off. And even Paul says, you guys, to the Corinthian church, where he, the only place he talks about a lot of these supernatural uh, mm-hmm. or the gift of tongues, gift of these things. He says, it's off. You're, you're overly emphasizing and prioritizing the wrong thing. And ironically, a lot of times we do the same thing today. Still. So when it says to earnestly seek and desire those things, yep. is it wrong for people, again, when looking for a church, when looking for people to run with, when looking for how their relationship with the Lord looks like, is it wrong to seek an experience with God that looks supernatural, that feel like I'm getting to experience healing and all, I mean, all the things that are part of the, uh, the stuff we're talking about, is it wrong to look for like an experience um, with God? Man, it depends. I, again, what I'm fighting for is I think our experience with God, we have defined emotionally yeah. where it's like, oh, what I feel in this right. moment versus how my actions, am I loving, am I patient, am I kind, even when I don't feel like being kind. That is spirit led. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not just, um, oh, I have a word. And now I need to give that, that spirit. Often we think that's spiritual. And the Bible says, no, no, no. It's way more everyday, ordinary moments of man. I'm choosing to forgive when I was hurt, to love when I was hated, to be patient when I don't want to, yeah. to, to do those things. And uh, so I'm just saying, you should absolutely look for a spirit led church, a place that wants supernatural experience to be a part of your life. But I would not define the supernatural, where we've missed it so much is we define the supernatural experience as like a, I feel something right now mm-hmm. and it's overwhelming and it's overtaking me and I prophecy or I'm speaking like ecstatically. Lava running down my yes. body. And uh, biblically, it's much more. We've just, we've taken it and twisted it. Biblically, it's much more ordinary. And in those ordinary everyday moments, surrendered to God, he does the extraordinary, mm-hmm. the supra natural, the super natural. Mm-hmm. And, um, and those things are just, if not more significant, I would say more significant biblically. They're at least more clearly articulated biblically yeah. than the things that we assume, oh, that was, that was a holy moment. The most holy thing you do today will be forgive somebody who hurt you. Mm-hmm. The most supernatural thing you may do today is um, be kind to somebody who's rude to you if it was surrendered and led by the spirit. Yeah, That's good. and I'm going to clarify because what I don't hear you saying is that like the way that Moses went up on the mountain of God and spent time with him and came down and his face was glowing. Like there can be something that is produced in me from spending more time with God. I do hear you saying that that is possible and that is good. Absolutely. Yeah. One thing that you mentioned the other day when we were talking about this is that some people can jump from experience to experience to have this emotional high when really what you need to be doing is dealing with the hidden sin in your life. And it's like, hey, what's happening is I'm not confessing sin. I'm not repenting. And I feel this block in my relationship with God. Yeah. And now I'm seeking out an experience because I don't want to deal with my anxiety and depression. And speaking in tongues makes me feel better. Yeah. I think it, it's like a quick fix versus an actual lasting fix. Mm. And um, the most holy thing you may do 
is not um, wake up and the spirit just said, no more. You're never going to lust after a girl again. Mm. No, but hey, I lusted and I'm confessing because I'm surrendered to the spirit. Bringing that to the light, I'm asking other people to pray for me, and I'm going to take steps. I'm getting rid of my computer, my phone, or I'm giving covenants. Like that is all supernatural. Mm. It's not natural. So by definition, mm-hmm. it's supernatural. It's good. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. that's so, really good. And I, I think across the board, and um, and we do want this experiential thing that is. Uh, we all want to take steroids, but we don't want to take the. Uh, nobody takes steroids. We all want to look fit. We don't want to do the work to be fit. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, want a shortcut. And I want a shortcut. I want to stay. If there was a steroid that's not going to hurt me and have side effects, done. Let's totally. do this. Yeah. And that is kind of what we do often with spirituality mm. is we think that is is more spiritual. That's what I need. I need more experience or more emotional, you know, charged moment. And if I just had the, you know, the music was right and the moment was there, then I would have, I would be filled up. And, um, the, and that's not, it's not biblical. We can start to wrap up. But this, this past weekend, I was sitting with some family members and, just the wife was in tears over her, her abusive relationship with her dad. And she's mm-hmm. been praying for, they just started coming to church here and just got put into community and their community's going through conflict. And just, she's been for the first time praying every day, God, me and my relationship with my dad. And mm-hmm. I looked at the husband and I said, you've been praying with her? Cause he's been bitter towards the father-in-law. Mm-hmm. And he said, no. And I said, before bed every night, grab your wife and y'all pray together for her dad. She's crying, you know, and he's like, ah, okay. And I said, start tonight. I got a text yesterday. You're never going to believe this. And her dad texted him, said, can we talk? And they're heading to go see them next week to reconcile. Come on. And he's like, I can't believe this. This is crazy. And I was like, you just, you prayed and you, that's, that is supernatural. And to think anything else, is crazy and we should celebrate that as if we were gonna celebrate the blind seeing or the lame walking, like yes. God is moving and working. So God can do all of that. And I think I'm saying, even the fact that he surrendered, and he, let's say God didn't answer. And yeah, the, for sure. And he prayed every night for the next 365 days. Yep. That is spirit surrendered. Yeah. That is spirit controlled. That is supernatural. In other words, a natural person does not spend time with their wife praying to forgive their father yeah, so and good. God to work in there. So whether or not God responded in a day or not, and God can, and he can heal and he can make ears grow where there are none. He can do all of that. And I'm just saying, I think we, we cheapen the definition of faithfulness and of supernatural when, yeah. when we don't think, man, he took a guy who didn't want to do what was natural to him and he surrendered himself to the spirit and he prayed every single night. That's not natural. Right. That is above what is natural. It's super natural. Exactly. Anyways, hey, if there's questions that come as a result of this, as always, email us at info at porch.live. And I think that is it for us. Yep. We'll see you next week on another episode of Views from the Porch. Thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about The Porch Ministry, visit us at theporch.live or follow us on social media at The Porch.